Uh, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast, uh, March 18th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about the no good, very bad Arkansas General Assembly and a big development in COVID vaccine deployment. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Good afternoon. Uh, this is for for uh, Arkansas public school students. This is the beginning of spring break. Are you spring breaking this year, Max? <laughs> What's vacation? What's spring break? Uh, actually, my wife drove down to Old Washington yesterday to the state park. Her first outing in more than a year, but uh, I'm not going anywhere. Soon, I'll be right here, holding down the fort as you have for the last uh, twelve months. Yeah, I'll be walking the dog. So my dog's sitting here barking and causing trouble as usual. Whenever I start talking into the air, it bothers her. She doesn't quite understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, another terrific week uh, at the Arkansas legislature. Um, you did a, a great uh, or comprehensive, I should say, roundup of the of just awful attacks on LGBT Arkansans that uh, have have gone through and are, are sailing through the legislature. No, and, and it's sad because, you know, in all these bills, it's it's now just a given. I mean, it's every now and then. E- even the opponents don't much bother to turn out. A few do, but there's very little by way of testimony in favor of these discriminatory bills. It's just, it's just understood that the Republican legislature is going to rubber stamp all this stuff. And, yeah, I, 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 without, I'd have to have a cheat sheet to go back through them all, but, of course, we're going to prevent transgender girls from being in in athletics, although there aren't any. Uh, We're going to prevent treatment of transgender children uh, younger than 18. Uh, And this this will mean counseling as well, which some of the children need desperately. Uh, Of course, we allow discrimination under the pretext of religion against LGBT people. Uh, The hate crime bill is probably going to fail because... It includes protections uh, for LGBT people. Uh, gosh, it's just, I, I mean, there's there's more. Uh, oh, there's the just plu perfectly terrible bill by Mary Bentley, the one that kind of s- prompted me to write this, the meanest, cruelest one yet, that, that dictates that schools must refer to children by the name and gender on their birth certificate. This is, of course, meant to uh, prohibit teachers from calling Mary Gary, if uh, Mary became Gary or Gary became Mary to call her Gary. And, uh, you know, it just seems incredible. They, they seem to want to wish other people out of existence. It's not possible. The only benefit to society is more cruelty and, and anxiety for the very small minority of people who fall into these categories. I you look back at the week and you see such an enormous amount of time devoted to these cultural issues for lack of a better word. And, and, and why, I mean, what it's part of a national movement. Uh, that much is clear. This is happening in all the, the slate of hate. I saw the human rights watch called it about Tennessee bills. And I think we have more of them than Tennessee does. And, and, and all by for people, people who profess to be Bible-believing Christians, you know, and, and, you know, the Beatitudes, it seems to me, says some things about how 
treating the people that are less fortunate than we are. But uh, in Arkansas legislature, the Bible tells us to punish people. I mean, Mary Bentley called transgender people an abomination. That's I, I don't know. I, I know I repeat myself, and so probably I should stop. But it's it's very disheartening and very dispiriting. And and I really thought there was great testimony from uh, uh, Lance Lavar. He's a education department employee. I probably shouldn't mention that. They'll probably go out and get him fired. He works in equity issues, and he called it the circle of bullying that the Arkansas legislature is engaging in. That you don't have to be a direct bully picking on a child to be part of a circle of bullies who stand by and watch it happen and don't do anything about it. And he talked about how the Bible had been used as a bludgeon against transgender people. And Gary Diefenbaugh, a country legislator, took great offense at saying the Bible could be used as a bludgeon. But of course, that's exactly what the legislature is doing, is in the name of religion, perpetrating unspeakable cruelty and meanness on, on a small group of people that already suffer. I, I it was a dark week. Well, in the name of religion, the legislature, uh, since Republicans took control years ago, uh, has been chipping away at abortion rights. Uh, of course, we talked earlier about the, the, the near total abortion ban that, that cleared uh, the, the General Assembly early, earlier this session. But they keep dreaming up new ways. Oh. Oh, it's just, and, 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 and understand this is a religious thing too, that they have declared that by their religion, the moment an egg isn't fertilized, there's a human being. And, and although there, there are elements in the Bible, and I once listened to a very learned, learned, uh, talk by this on a rabbi here in Little Rock about that. In fact, that if you pay attention to the Bible, that within their religious tradition, certainly the very early stages of fertilization an abortion is permissible in, in their view of religion. But they, they first of all said, among other things, they, they said that uh, women who get the abortion pills, that is these, I guess they're high dosage uh, estrogen or something, I don't know, I don't know the science, that causes a miscarriage in the very first weeks of pregnancy, that you have to go through a three-day waiting period and, and endure a lecture uh, from uh, a doctor about fetal development before you can go ahead with this. And also you have to schedule a return visit as well. And really even worse than this was a bill to make some minor modifications to, to where in some statutes, the 20 week abortion ban, for example, there is an exception for abortions in the case of rape and incest. Well, that's not good enough for the, for the good Christians of the Arkansas legislature. They're going to make you prove that you filed a police report on the on the rape that caused this pregnancy and i, I you know i think the chance many women are don't file because of the stigma associated with rape don't report rape sometimes they've been raped while they were unconscious and there's nobody no way to identify who raped them sometimes it's a case of rape by a family member of a young of a young girl and i i think it's unrealistic to think a 12 year old is going to report her daddy to the police so that she can get a police report that will, will support an abortion she seeks. These are, and, and these are, these are passed matter of factly as if they're doing women a favor with this legislation. It's, it's really astounding. And it's been something to watch. There's a, a woman who I really kind of admire named Karen music, who's been working as a, an abortion clinic escort for years and is a, is a supporter of abortion rights and has, has, 
seen and heard some of the worst stories of people that, that make the very difficult decision to terminate a pregnancy. And she, she regularly goes to all of these bill hearings and gives a very well-prepared brief statement about why it's a bad idea. And then they just ignore and, and, and go and go on their way and then do their, do their cruelty. It's a, it's it's a it's a sad thing, is what it is. Uh, there there were two two small victories this week uh, that that are. I'd say there's a decent chance they'll be short lived. Uh, one was uh, enormous expansion of school vouchers, uh, which barely cleared a House committee, uh, was beaten in in the House, um, and then another. Uh, a, a long-sought uh, basic warrant of habitability providing just, uh, you know, essential protections for renters uh, that they would have uh, homes with, with heat and air and smoke alarms and such. It cleared a committee after getting beat for years and years. But there's reason to be pessimistic. Well, there, there, there are additional chapters to come in both these stories. Let's talk about the schools first. The school voucher bill would expand the current vouchers about 500 by another 600 or so, I guess. Uh, they, they added a little sop in it that they're going to take some of the money from a fund created by tax credits to give to public schools. But the public school superintendents almost rose uniformly against it. And the bill was defeated 44-52 after just an enormous lobbying push by the Walton financed uh, school, quote, choice, unquote, lobby. Uh, and one of the lead uh, lobbyists uh, or activists for, for these school bills, Laurie Lee, on the day of the defeat, sent out a, a tweet that pretty, or Facebook post that said pretty much uh, help us beat all get fired all the superintendents who opposed this bill and beat all the legislators who voted for it and then sent out a name of the 12 that they think are turnable to uh, vote again on this bill. They apparently couldn't get enough together for a revote of the bill on Thursday. I assume they'll be continuing to work over the weekend to try and get seven more votes to pass this bill. I think it's, it's a good chance that some of the legislators they're targeting will not be happy about Laurie Lee's strategy to, to target them for defeat couple of them, I think, may stand firm. Some of them, maybe not so much. I mean, in the vote last week, they lost one of the sponsors of the bill, which was, which was, although she, and she had said that she was, she was uh, tormented on the vote and she had voted against it the last time. This is the legislator from Horatio Republican, but they had some 32 Republicans that either voted no or didn't vote, which is the same as a no. So that was kind of a surprise. Uh, they were told that this was part of the Republican Party platform, but a good nearly three dozen of them didn't see it that way. And so that was good and hard to say this will go. Generally, you're never wrong to say the money eventually will out, but the, but, but the public school lobby is pretty strong. And, and this bill is bad for public schools. It's, there was a particularly wonderful speech from uh, David Tollett, who's a new Republican legislator who won a majority black district in East Arkansas, thanks to the Democrats' uh, putting on the ballot, a guy with a criminal conviction, and he had got disqualified. But he's a school superintendent in Barton, Alexa. And he just gave a great stem winder of a speech about how bad this is for, for public schools by taking money from them and that private schools are all about segregation. And he knows well because he's in the Delta where it's full of seg academies. 
and the private schools don't have accountability standards and they have the ability to refuse students where public schools don't. It was just a heartfelt, wonderful speech. Whether it changed any minds, I don't know, but he's one Republican that's not going to change his vote, I can tell you that for sure. So that was a good thing. So anyway, there's, there's plenty of lobbying going on, and I suspect they will run this bill one more time at least, even though the lead sponsor was made a liar within 24 hours because he said he wasn't going to run it again. And then they were out busy trying to round up the votes to pass it. Well, so then that brings us to, to rental, rental housing in Arkansas. Arkansas is the worst state in the country on, there's no standard of habitability, which means there's no standards that require safe conditions in rental housing. And we're the only state in the country with a criminal uh, eviction statute. You can be arrested and handcuffed and put in jail if you don't pay your rent. We also have a civil eviction process, but it but it works in such a way that it can it can be abused and also pile up huge charges for, for people. You don't have any recourse against a bad landlord. Well, so they passed a habitability bill by I guess by eleven to nine vote in committee and got it to the floor, which was a huge victory in itself. And it had been watered down pretty significantly. They took out pest control requirements for one. They removed the original effort to try and clean up the civil eviction process. It didn't cover criminal evictions. Thursday, or it may have been Wednesday, Nicole Clowney bill filed a bill that would do away with the criminal eviction statute, which a lot of counties don't enforce because they think it's unconstitutional. Well, so that's that's out there. Uh, and then meanwhile, Thursday, there was filed a bill by Spencer Hawks, who owns a bunch of rental property, as a lot of legislators do, and by Jonathan Dismang, who's who is uh, is a quiet force at the legislature, and it's I think meant to make it look like the legislature has done something about rental law without doing anything about it. Uh, Lynn Foster, who's been a law retired law professor, who's been laboring for years to improve rental law, did a pretty good analysis of this new bill that I posted on the Arkansas blog this morning. And it illustrates in very specific terms how it does very little about habitability. It doesn't include some things like protections against mold and and CO2 monitors and a number of other just sort of basic life safety issues. And it doesn't do anything about criminal evictions. And what it does for civil evictions is does kind of make allow it does nothing more than saying well if a renter has really been jacked around by a landlord they can just leave and and not have to pay for the privilege she says it's bad legislation and it's almost less than nothing but it's on the fast track it's on the committee agenda monday morning already so i think we might get a quick assessment of where the the future of improving arkansas rental law lies when that bill comes up at 9 30 monday morning but at least I do think it's a signal that that all of these years of selling Arkansas rightly is the worst state in the country when it comes to renters has at least gotten the attention of a couple of legislators who, if they don't have a conscience, at least they're mindful of public relations, which is, is that's kind of that's kind of where I put this thing. So there's that. But, you know, this is a legislature that, you know, they're making it harder to get food stamps. There's a bill that's been filed to shorten workers' compensation coverage. I mean, excuse me, un- unemployment coverage to 12 weeks, which would make it 
the shortest in the country, and we have some of the lowest uh, benefits anyway, and we're about to make them the shortest in the country. Oh, well, you know, there, there are just so many. There's just so many other things like this. It's it's uh, the legislature is so busy oppressing the poor people. You know, it's just kind of that. As it's kind of like I said in the story about all these LGBT bills. You know, when they said Atlanta was too busy to hate and it grew into a booming city, Arkansas is too busy hating. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on and talk uh, COVID-19. The the cases continue to be down, hospitalizations as well. There's some concern nationally that numbers may rise up again as some of the variants catch hold. But uh, so far, so good in Arkansas. Uh, The governor after holding back for, uh, for, for too long, I think, from our perspective, finally relented and opened up eligibility to the 1C category this week. Right, and that, in theory, opens it up to everybody 18 and over who has an underlying health condition, is, is I think a question by Benji Hardy during the governor's news conference pointed out given how loosely the guidelines were already being enforced, aren't you essentially saying that just about anybody can get a shot? And the governor said, oh, no, 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 we're, we're going we're gonna to follow these guidelines very carefully. Well, that's, well, some people will and some people won't. So some of the unfairness will continue. There will be some perfectly healthy people who are 19 years old who will get the shot. And once again, I'm fine with that. I'm not so fine with the fact that there are people who don't have good means and don't have good connectivity who don't know how to get the shot. And we still have this situation where the the pharmacy delivery network just isn't sufficient in all places for dealing with demand. In some places, it's more than sufficient because a lot of people don't want to get the shot or can't figure out how to do it. But in that in that regard, the governor made one modest step forward. He activated 20 members of the National Guard for vaccination teams that will be dispatched around the state. I think Mariana, Fort Smith, one and I guess one in each part of the quarter of the state that will be going around and setting up shot clinics, and that will help. I don't. I mean, 20 people it'd be better if he was activating 2,000 people and doing giant clinics. But this is a step in the right direction. There are some organizations like the Foundation for Medical Care that's organized some mass clinics. They're doing one this weekend, I think, in southwest Little Rock, which is an area that's needy. And they did 900 at their last one. And so that's a good thing. I mean, there, there, there are some efforts that are being made, but we're still sitting on 600,000 surplus doses in Arkansas. And, and it's in the interest of all of us to get as many of them used as quickly as possible. And that's not happening, I, I, I think. I mean, I really think we don't have much to risk by just really opening the floodgates because I do think in the end, the biggest problem in Arkansas is going to be a broad resistance to getting the shots. Yeah, I agree. I think I think we're there already. Anecdotally, you're hearing it a whole lot already. No, and you hear it from nurses, from ambulance attendants, from from teachers, from people who are in, in, in exposure situations who, and, and, you know, I've, I've had people tell me, Oh, it's not because of this. Or it's not because of that. I mean, it's some of them are anti-vaxxers. Some of them don't trust the vaccine. I, you know, there are a range of reasons. They're not all of them just pigheaded Republicans who think they're invulnerable to illness. What, whatever the reason, there are a lot of them. 
All right. Well, let's let's leave it there uh, and move on to endorsements. We uh, we don't have a, the best connection today. I think largely because my internet got knocked out in the storm, and I'm using a neighbor's. But um, what, what do you got this week? Well, I'll try and be quick. One, I watched the uh, great uh, documentary Varsity Blues about the rich people who paid uh, bribes to get their kids into good schools, and it was really kind of staggering. I mean some of the schemes these people worked up and, and how rich they were and how privileged. And anyway, I, and also the settings in which they recreated the Los Angeles, some beautiful homes were used. So it was, it was kind of fun to watch, but, but awful. But then I'm, I've started reading a very serious book. It, it's, it's weightier than I generally get into. And, and I thought if nothing else, it would put me to sleep fast at night. And, and, and it, and, and that's worked because most books do that to me, but it's called Cast. It's by Isabel Wilkerson, the former New York Times reporter who wrote the huge prize-winning bestseller of Warmth of, Another's, of Other Sun about the, the black American diaspora from the South. And this is kind of a follow-up to it, but it's, it's about the fact that, that racism doesn't begin to explain how caste systems guide so much, not just in America, but around the world. I mean, India and the Untouchables is one example. The the Nazis going after the Jews was kind of another example of caste. There's a certain thing, class, classism's a lot of it, religion, some of it. But the, some of the things about this book that are fascinating, I mean, there's some, some really incredibly graphic stories about slavery. And I mean, I knew on one level slavery was a terrible thing, but to hear some of the specifics of it repeated, I mean, you don't know how terrible. And, and, and we're about to have a debate on the Confederate flag star in Arkansas again. And, and I think about the people who try and tell you, well, slavery wasn't that bad. There were some good masters. There were some good people who owned other human beings and, you know, didn't whip the crap out of them every day. Like, oh, well, that made it all right to have a slave. But so there's some of that. But 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 there are also things like when, you know, when the first slaves came to America in the 1600s, there were white slaves. There were there were indentured white people. But they were able to run away and, and melt into society because they were white, that, 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 a, that a dark skin color, a pigment, made it easy to identify this enslaved class. And so a lot of what we see today is just a product of this marker that is so easy and it's become so ingrained in our, in our caste system and, and our understanding of what is that isn't without even knowing it, that it just becomes this marker. And so it's not exactly racism, but it's something sort of more complicated than that. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's an eye opening, eye opening book. And it's, uh, I mean, there's a guy who's reviewed it. He said, it's the one nonfiction book that everybody in America should read to sort of understand where we are as a society. And it's, you know, it's certain, and, and I'm, you know, I'm a victim of this. I mean, there, there's, there's a pecking order all over, you know, the, there were white Europeans who came to America and were at very disfavored class when they arrived. The Irish were one, the Italians were another, but then they succeeded. And, and the Italians, particularly where I grew up, became among the most virulent racists that exist in South Louisiana. I think it was a pecking order thing that they could, they could look down upon people with dark skins and it elevated them in this caste structure. And, and so you start having thoughts about all these things and, and, and you see your own vulnerabilities to fall into this. I certainly do. I mean, I think, you know, the way some people speak is sometimes a marker to me, you know, and, and their grammar and those sorts of things. And 
Lord knows, uh, you know, having been a fat man in my life, I think people form, form opinions and place you in categories based on your body shape. I mean, in any event, it's, it's, uh, it's a very deep, very well, I mean, she's a brilliant writer, prose writer. And, uh, if, if you want to take on a big project, uh, cast, it would be one to take on. Yeah, that's, that's been on my list. Um, I'm glad you, you like that. I, I need to check it out. Uh, well, I don't have an endorsement per se. It's more of a rant. I, as I mentioned, my internet went out. And so I, I fell into AT&T customer service hell. <laughs> and, you, you know, it, my, I've been working at home all year. So is my wife. My kids are doing school virtually. And especially, to you know, in that scenario, but really just in normal times, the Internet has become an, a utility. You know, it's it is just as important yeah. as electricity and water. And it's maddening that that the. It, it, both now and in previous experience that the companies don't really treat it as such. When your power is out, unless there's some major storm event, they're going to work hard to restore it pretty quickly. Uh, you know, if there's something wrong with your water, the same thing, but not so much with your internet. Uh, and, but, and if you're, and if you're lucky enough to get them out, my experience was sometimes they can't fix it. Oh, and well, I hope they're supposed to come tomorrow. <laughs> or they'll have two or three theories, you know. I mean, I, I went through a, a, an internet hell period, and I finally bought this upgrade of my bandwidth to the maximum you can buy because, well, part of it, they said, well, you've got all these, we've got, you know, iPads and computers and phones and an internet TV. We've got at least 11 devices, and a car, 11 devices that link into it. And that's helped some, but it hadn't solved it. So. Well, yeah, so that that was the other thing I was going to bring up. While I was on the phone with the customer service, they, of course, tried to upsell me and uh, want to bring me to the next tier. So I, several years ago, upgraded from high speed, which I think was 25 to 50 megabits to 100. And so now I'm eligible for the maximum, which is, uh, according to the customer service rep, 1,000 megabits. So, I mean, that's blazing fast. That that means that everybody in the house and some friends can all be streaming Netflix and, you know, downloading massive files and, and you have no problem. And, you know, I, 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 Governor Hutchinson does not spend money in, in terms of the priorities that I prefer. But I, I, I will give him some credit for focusing on rural broadband because that really is a, a just an enormous divide in the country. I have some some family in White County uh, where you can't get even two megabits and, and 10 megabits is considered high speed and you can't do a whole lot with 10 megabits. So the, the, the more that we can do to build that out, it could be really transformative for the state. Yeah. Oh, by, by the way, uh, my endorsement of your Cersei bake shop, Oh, great sausage, great sausage colossi, courtesy of your mother. It was just wonderful. And uh, what was it? We had another one that was a savory version that we had last night, too. There were two of them had another kind of feeling. I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was really good. They're great. We still got a couple more to go. So thanks to your mom. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody hang in there. Go hogs. I'm counting on a long NCAA tournament run, and we'll be back next week. See ya.